Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lott. Amen. So let's get right into this. Uh, I want to recapitulate a little bit from last uh, week. Uh, I want to show you this. See, the plan of God on your life was created before your parents ever gave birth to you. Jeremiah 1 and 5 teaches us that before you were ever formed in the womb, God said, I knew you, approved of you, and ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. Now, this is amazing, saints, because one of the things that we have learned over these several weeks is the fact that God already gave us a plan before our parents ever gave birth to us. So this is important where we are today because sometimes when we get hit with things in our lives, we think that somehow, God, did you really call me to do this? Did you really want me? Did I really hear you correctly? Am I talking to the right people right now? God, did I really hear you correctly? This is only for those who are really operating in what God wants you to do. For those that are still sitting on the boat, you won't know what I'm talking about right now. This is for those who have actually stepped out in faith. And God, they really trust in God for some things that's bigger than what you can do yourself. So when you're out there like that, sometimes you get hit with stuff and people people, criticism, persecution. There's so many different things that come our way. We sometimes can go back and assess and go, God, did you really call me for this? Because I'm getting hit with so much stuff. I just want to make sure this is you. I want to make sure that I heard your voice clearly. I came to tell somebody tonight, I came to tell somebody this morning that you heard crystal clearly, that you heard the voice of God and God's plan is not going to be missed just because you get hit with something in your life. You keep moving and doing what God has called you to do. You're going to get hit with some stuff. There are going to be some potholes in the road, but you keep on going. You don't pull over and wait to look at the pothole. You keep it moving and say, God, that one was tough. That one was big, God, but I'm going to keep on moving out. Even if you're making baby steps, you keep making baby steps because you're still moving forward. Les Brown said, if if somebody knocks you down, make sure you fall on your back because if you can look up, you can get up. Amen, Amen, somebody. Are you here with me this morning? I'm telling you, man, this this is an edifying message because it's going to get you to that level that you've been wanting to get to, saints of God. And it's all about what do we know about Scripture? What do we know about the fundamentals? And see, one of the things that when I continue to read uh, in Jeremiah chapter 1, in that same chapter, I want to share something with you. I don't have it on the screen, but I'm going to give you the Scriptures. It's Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. I want to share this with you here. It says, Then the Lord put forth his hand. Listen to me, saints. He put forth his hand, touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. I came to tell some of you that God has placed his word in your mouth. He has given you a mouth and wisdom that not even your enemies or your adversaries will be able to gainsay or resist. God has a word in your mouth. The enemy does not like you speaking truth. The enemy does not like you speaking faith. As a matter of fact, if you speak too much truth, even your family members and your friends and your co-workers are not going to like you speaking faith-filled words because your enemy is afraid of you. And the moment somebody wants to talk bad about you, it's the person that's afraid of you. You can talk bad about me at the barbershop. That's the only reason I know you're afraid of me. Because you ain't doing anything but talking anyway. Talking never got anything accomplished. You got to move out into the things of God. Faith without works. Am Am I talking to the right group of people? I believe I am. I believe I am. I believe you're motivated to do more than what you do. Don't you know that God has something more for you than where you are today? Haven't you ever sensed, God, I, I, I know you got something else for me. 
It's got to be more than just going to church. It's got to be more. It's got to be more than just reading the same old scriptures all the time. Listen to your favorite preachers. Turn them off and let the Lord preach to you. All right. I apologize ahead of time. I do get a little loud. Don't mean to. It's just that, boy, this is critical. He said, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you, appointed you, assigned you, laid upon as a charge over the nations and over the kingdoms. But then it continues because one of the things you got to understand, I, I, my, my, my call is as an apostle, but I'm a shepherd. So I'm more of a shepherding apostle. And apostles are just ones that are sent. That's all. It don't mean that we got more anointed than anybody else. It's just that that's my call. I know what it is. I have received it. And because of that, there are certain things that you got to understand about a church like this. Right? So the next part of the scripture, it says to root out. The word of God roots things out. You're trying to figure out, well, dang, Paul, he always have this word, man. I'm always convicted. That's because the apostolic word is a word of rooting. Jesus said you got to lay the ax to the root. Hebrews says that a root of bitterness will spring up and trouble you. If you don't deal with the root, it's going to spring up and trouble you. If you don't deal with the roots of depression, the roots of fear and pain and persecution, the root of somebody violating you, if you don't deal with those roots, trust me, they're going to come back and persecute you. Amen. So you have to lay an axe to the root. He said the word is supposed to root out and then it's supposed to pull down. We're supposed to pull down every stronghold of the mind. We got to pull the casting down every imagination and every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of Christ. That's for you to do. You know that, right? God ain't going to do that. You're supposed to do that because he said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of what? Strongholds of the mind. And so while we're trying to pull down devils, you better leave the devils alone and get control of your own mind. And we're trying to rebuke devils. You better stop rebuking devils and start rebuking yourself. Because the mind is where all the problems are. It's not in heaven between angels and demons. It's right here between our ears. That's where the biggest battle is going on is a battlefield of the mind, guys. This is where our wills, our want-tos, this is where the, you struggle. Your soul is struggling with your spirit because they're warring one with another. Your flesh says, we need to go here. And your spirit saying, you know you don't need to be going over there. You know, last time you got in trouble when you went over there, you need to stop going over there. Amen. So now, you, now, now there's a debate going on inside of you. You're like, well, God, they're going to get mad at me if I don't go. They're going to persecute me if I don't go. They're going to talk bad about me if I don't go. But your spirit is saying, why do you need them anyway? Why are you relying on them believing in you when I got your back, boo? I've already appointed you. I've already called you. You don't have to worry about anybody else approving of you because I have approved you. Yeah. <laughs> I used to struggle with that stuff when I first started pastoring. I wanted the approval of the people because I wanted to know that I preached good. Now, it, I don't care. Because, I mean, it's the word of God. If it's good, it's good. If it's not, I'm going to still go home and sleep good. And he said also to pull down and to destroy. Man, God gave us an anointing to destroy the works of the devil. To root out, pull down, to destroy. And check this one out. I like this one. To throw down. See, we got to be ready to throw down in the house of God. Come on, somebody. You know, you know, there was a time in your life when you used to fight. 
You know, it might have been yesterday. But, yeah, there was a time. <laughs> it might have been this morning for some of y'all. So, so there was a time. Come on, come on. There was a time you didn't mind fighting. Amen. In school, I ain't mind fighting. I was just too scrawny. I just couldn't fight because I was too little. But, but I mean, there were times when I, I, inside I was fighting. <laughs> Y'all know. Inside I was saying, boy, I'm going to wear you out. <laughs> see, God was right there trying to teach me about the Holy Ghost. Because, see, in the natural, I couldn't win. But on the inside, I was already a winner. See, in the natural saints of God, the devil is always going to tell you you can't win. But on the inside, the Holy Ghost said, you tell that joker you already won. You take him to the back of the book. Let him know where he's going to the lake of fire for eternal life. And you're going to be right there at the throne of God. Come on, somebody. We already won. Sometimes when the devil trying to remind you of your past, you remind him of his future. No, bro, you better get off of me. I know where you're going. Amen. Now listen, the last two words here is to build and to plant. So he says to root out, to pull down, to destroy, and to throw down. Sometimes, guys, what the apostolic word has to do is get all of that out of the way so that we can build and plant. Sometimes that's necessary. See, sometimes God can't build on a faulty foundation. See, there are some traditions that we have been operating in that we need to throw down on. Some stuff that we've been believing and confessing may not be scriptural. Just naming it and claim it. You can name and claim it all you want, but if you're not operating in the principles, then that's not yours. You just can't name and claim something, saints. I'm just here to tell you. You've got to operate in the truth of God's words because every time there is a promise, there is a principle tied to every promise. Amen. And so you've got to understand what the principle is. And once you understand the principle, then you've got to work out that principle in a problem. Because how will you know you've learned the principle if you don't do that principle and do what you need to do with that principle in the problem? How, how, otherwise, how will you know you know the principle? You won't know because you've never had to use it. So you learn how to operate in the principle through a problem. Amen. Once you learn how to operate the principle in the problem, then God can provide your provision. So if you over here just naming it and claiming it and you don't even know what the principle is, why would God give you the promise when he can't even trust you through the problem? Amen, somebody. Now, I didn't write the book, but I know every time I learned the principle, Boy, here comes something. Every time I said, Lord, I just want to operate in more forgiveness. <laughs> oh, God. I don't pray that prayer anymore. I stopped praying that prayer. I said, Lord, I thank you where I am. I, pray, I appreciate you, Father. Hallelujah. Amen. Or, or we'll say, Lord, um, I'm just praying for more patience. <laughs> and you pray that prayer right before you go to Walmart? Oh, boy, you're going to be challenged. Right? And you just forgot you just prayed that prayer. 
Why? Because your patience is wearing thin, right, Michelle? Your patience is like, man, what is wrong with it? Look at her. She just made another mistake. Man, I got to get, I can't believe I'm in this life. Where is, where is everybody else in here? They over there talking. Right? You just vexed. You just mad. Right? And you can't even hear the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost said, didn't you just pray for patience? You don't even want to hear that. Matter of fact, you start reading one of the magazines <laughs> that don't have any truth in it. You just, <laughs> ooh, I didn't know she had a baby. <laughs> You're just trying to drown out the Holy Ghost until you get in the car. And God says, he reminds you of what you just asked for. Amen. <laughs> Amen. He's a good God. He's a great, good father, right? He's a good, good father. So we cannot rise and build until we deal with unfruitful roots, strongholds of the mind, works of the devil, and every high thing that tries to exalt itself above the knowledge of Christ. So these are some fundamental things, guys, that we have to do a self-assessment with and see. you got to ask yourself, God, are there any roots in my life that you need to put the ax to? Now listen, let me, let's, let me just say this because this is easier said than done. Let me, let me just say this. Because you got to allow him to put the ax to the root. Amen, people. He's just not going to put an axe to it. You got to let him do it. In other words, it's going to take submission and humility. And the first thing about it is you got to recognize it in yourself first. You got to recognize where you've been prideful and broken. You got to recognize that pain for what it is. You know that person violated you, but you've been trying to hide behind it. Right? So you got to recognize that. You got to let Jesus put the root to it. Amen, somebody. And so there, there are things that all of us have been through. Uh, every one of us have been violated one way or the other. Every man and male and female, right? But we got to allow hol the Holy Spirit along with Jesus Christ and his word to put an ax to the root of it. Because if he don't chop out the root, it doesn't matter how high you go. Eventually, that root is going to come up, spring up, and trouble you. You're going to have to deal with the root. If you're trying to build, if you're trying to have, I like a green, pretty green grass. I love a pretty yard. I love it. And listen, I don't have time to get in my yard, so I hire somebody. <laughs> Amen. I don't have time to do it, but he does it like I like it. Right? I don't like weeds in my yard. But you're just not going to be able to go out there and say, weeds, I command you to go in Jesus' name. <laughs> when you come back out there the next day, you're going to have more weeds than you had the day before. Amen. Unless you prepare the soil and do something to the, to the, to the soil so that the roots can't survive. Let, let, me just say it, let me just say it like this. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There, everything has its own environment that it thrives in. Amen. A fish does not do well on the land because that's not its environment. But you put a fish in water, oh, my God. You can't keep up with it because why? That's his environment. An eagle doesn't do well in the chicken coop. Amen. And you know, you know you're eagle Christians, right? So we got to stop getting caught up in the chicken coop. We got to stop walking around like turkeys when we should be flying. You know, turkeys, all they do is gobble, gobble, and gossip. That's how you know if you're an eagle or a turkey because you're gossiping about everything. See, that, that was confirmation. <laughs> Hallelujah. I think she was agreeing that she's an eagle. 
right? Yeah. Is that, so an eagle thrives where? Not just in the air, in high altitudes. Because can't nobody fly up there like him. Because that's his environment. Amen. Don't you know that as a Christian, we have an environment? And see, we don't thrive in the natural because that's not our environment. Our environment is in the presence of God because he said, in my presence, there is fullness of joy. And at my right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. There's fullness and there's pleasure in his presence. And we want his presence more than his presence. And too many of us want the presence from God without his presence. All I, I, I want is his presence. I don't care about the, the gifts. I don't care about people falling out in the floor. I don't care about signs and wonders. All I want is to get closer to my pop. That's it. I just want to be closer to you so when people see me, they see you. John 17 said, I wish above all things that they, they represent you like I represent you, that we will be one with them like I am one with you. That's what he said, that he wants oneness, guys. He wants you to look just like your dad. You made in the homage of day, Papa. You're in his very image, and that's what he's looking for. Anybody here? <laughs> I know, I know, I know. That's all right. It's okay. It's good. So check this out. Let me give you something else, because we got to understand the fundamental difference between an orphan and a son. Because I know we read in the Bible, and we see uh, the son, you are a son, and then we see the word orphan, and we see the words adoption, and sometimes we may not quite understand uh, everything that the Lord wants us to see. So I want to talk a little bit about um, our sonship. So being a son to the father is about who we are in truth. Being a brother to one another is about what we are in truth. And being friends with one another is about what we become in truth. This is important that we know this process. Notice there's nothing in there about ministry. Because if you don't understand your sonship, how are you going to understand how to be a brother or sister? And if you don't understand how to be a brother or sister, how are you going to understand how to be a friend? See, in the house of God, we're too busy trying to tell somebody what you did in ministry. Oh, I did this, and I was under that ministry, and I did that in the community, and I did that, so I don't care. You know what I want to know? First of all, do you understand sonship? Because if you don't understand sonship, you don't understand that first we're brothers and sisters in the Lord. I don't care nothing about your title. We're brothers and sisters in the Lord. Jesus said, I call you my brothers. Amen? So, so titles don't make you. It's the relationship. Sonship is about relationship with the Father. And when you understand your relationship with the Father, you don't need a title. You see, when you, the titles, you need a title when you need appreciation from everybody. You need acceptance from everybody. But when you are a son, I already know in my heart, as since I am already, ex listen to me carefully, since I'm already accepted in the beloved, I don't have to worry about if man accepts me or not. Because I'm, a, come on, is this making sense at all, guys? I'm trying to teach you some word here. And this is about sonship, guys. It's about who you are. This, this, this is about who you are in truth. Not about who you are, about what I'm preaching about. This is who you are in truth. 
right? You're a son. But sons understand that in the church of God, we got to be, we got to learn how to be brothers and sisters. Amen. We got to learn how to love each other, support each other, pray for each other. Listen, all of us ain't going to believe the same thing. So what? I don't care. You find one preacher that believe everything the same. There's always going to be some differences. But even in your family, you might not like half of your family. But they still your family. And if somebody mess with them, what you going to do? Oh, you're going to be ready. You're going to be ready. To, yeah. You're going to be ready to throw down. Amen. But they still your family. Why is it that the church is the only place where people don't know how to be brothers and sisters? No, you want to talk about I'm a deacon, I'm a elder, but you, you don't even know how to be my brother. See, I'm here to throw down. I'm here to root out. I'm here to pull down. See, we got to pull down that crazy mess. Amen? Listen, you my brother and my sister. But listen, even better than that, I would rather you be my friend. Because although you might have brothers and sisters, you probably got some people that are your friends that are closer to you than your brother and sister. Am I talking about it? Am I telling you the truth right now? And the Bible says there is a friend that sticketh closer than a Why? Because God knows you're going to have some people in this category that are closer to you than people in that category. There are going to be some people in the church that are going to be your brothers and sisters, but there are going to be other people that are really your friends. And you need to discern which ones are your friends and which one are your brothers. Because you can't share everything with your brothers and sisters, but you can share everything with your friends. Why? Because your friends will keep your secrets. Yeah. 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 What did you say, <laughs> Sam? <laughs> so is this making sense at all, saints of God? So listen, this is important, guys. This is important. Let me tell you why this is important from a leadership standpoint. If anybody wants to get in leadership, the first thing I'm going to want to know is, do you understand sonship? Don't tell me about what you did, how long you did it, how many people got saved, how big the church was. I can care less about numbers. But I do want to know, do you have character and integrity? That's more important than numbers. Numbers. I, we got numbers in here right now. I can care less about numbers. I want to operate in character and integrity. Amen. That's more important because what we see sometimes, even in Christendom, we see people without character and without integrity. I work in corporate America. We see it all the time. We lock people up where I work because they don't have any character and they don't have any integrity. So this is important. I want to know, do you understand sonship? Do you understand that we are brothers and sisters in the house of the Lord? Do you really understand what that means, that you need to stop putting your mouth on your brother and your sister? Do you know when you put your mouth on your brother and your sister, you're putting your mouth on yourself, and greater, you're putting your mouth on Jesus because he is the body, because the Father wants a family, Jesus wants a body, and the Holy Spirit wants a temple. And so when you put your mouth on each other, guys, you're putting your mouth on Jesus. This is why it's important. This is why we can't really grow. Because we're too busy pulling each other down. I hope, I, I hope I'm teaching something that's really making sense here. Because I know this is not one of those very exciting messages that people are going to be running around the church. But listen, you can run around the church in a little bit. You need to know who you are first. 
right? Because for all that running around, you, you, can, you, can, you can fall out on the floor and turn into a watermelon. You're still going to have to deal with the devil when you get up. And see, I'm not here to just stimulate you. I'm here to impart my seed in you so that you can grow and develop a spiritual and holy baby. See, that's what's important to me. So I'm not here for stimulation. Amen. I'm here for impartation. I want to impart something inside of your belly, inside of your spirit, that's going to explode inside of you so you can say, man, I've got to do better than what I'm doing right now. Amen. There should be something that's an impetus for you to go further, higher than you've ever gone before. Amen. Then what is that impetus? It has to be the word of God if you say you're a Christian. Amen. See, we're born again by the sperma of God, by the seed of God. That's how we're born again. This seed inside of us, man, it just, something inside of us exploded. And we began to be active in an area we've never been active before. We begin to hear something that we've never heard before. We begin to experience things that we've never experienced before. We begin to see things that we've never seen before. We begin to operate in things that we've never operated in before. Why? Because now the Holy Spirit is operating in your life and you can do exploits in his name. And God said, as long as you stay in me, I can take you places that you have never been before. The Bible said a man's gift would make space for him and take him before great men. But sometimes we just have to have the patience to stay in there with God so that God can make space for you. And see, sometimes we're trying to make space for ourselves. Are you here with me this morning? I really do need to calm down. I'm sorry. Go higher, praise God. You shouldn't have said that, sister. Here we go. So let me tell you, I, I got a few minutes. Let me just tell you about the difference between a son and an orphan. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Amen. An orphan likes to be served. A son serves. An orphan comes into church to see what the church can do for them. A son comes into the church to see what he can do for the church. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to go in there and see what they got for me. I ain't got nothing for you. <laughs> I know, I ain't got nothing for you. No, what do you have for God? Amen. Amen. I'm telling you, this is not a popular thing. I'll probably get some stuff on social media. I don't care. Right. It's not popular, but listen, this is the truth. A son knows his father. The son already knows everything is wrapped up in Papa. So the son don't come to church to get because he's got everything he needs in Papa. The son knows that there is a reason why Papa sent him to the church is because there's something inside of you that you need to bring to the church. And it's my job to try to pull that out of you because we cannot function properly as a church unless you're operating in what Papa told you to come and do. There are some things I cannot do because you ain't in place yet. Is there an area where you feel like God has called you to do? Oh, I'm just waiting on you to do a program. Uh, well, you'll be waiting a long time. Because <laughs> I, I, I am not one of them program past. I ain't interested in no programs. That, that's for you to do. I, I'm I, all I'm interested in is making sure that the presence of God is here. Right? And make sure that I can feed you. That's my job. All the programs, and that's, that's on you. You start it. You do it. See, if you do it, and if you, if you criticize it, guess who you're talking about? <laughs> if I do it, and you 
boy, I tell you, boy, it's an anointing up in here. <laughs> if I do it and you don't like it, you criticize me. So what I do, I tell you to do it. So if you don't like it, <laughs> leadership one-on-one. People come to me a lot, Pastor, we're not doing this yet. Yep. Because you hadn't started it. Well, Pastor, what we need to do, the last church I came from, we had this in place. Well, you can go back to your last church. You see, people come in here smelling like another shepherd. And when you come in here, you have to go through detox. Because I'm not that other shepherd. Amen. So obviously, if you had it over there, you should have learned enough to do it over here. See, this is not popular, but it's the truth. Amen. See, the reason why I wanted to know what my pastors read is because I wanted to be in the same mindset and framework that he was in. Right? My wife will tell you, when we, when we moved here, uh, at a, we, we, was, we moved here for a particular church. By the time our bishop got there, the door was unlocked. I made sure the church was cleaned. Air or heat was on. Everything was ready for service. Before anybody, I know they hated getting there before everybody. But I, but I didn't go there for them to do something for me. I went there to do something for them. I didn't want him to worry about anything. But see, when you are more concerned about another man's work, God can bless yours. Amen. See, we too busy talking about our work when you ain't even interested in anybody else's work. Now, this is Bible truth I'm teaching you here, guys. It shouldn't be a strong word. It should be just a word. Actually, let me just tell you what it is. It's elementary. These are things we should already know. Because it's already in the word. It's been there for all, since the beginning. Amen. So this is not new revelation. I don't, I don't, I don't have new revelation. Matter of fact, how are you going to have new revelation when it's already written? There ain't no new revelation. No, it's already the revelation of what God wrote. What you're trying to do is to figure out, okay, I, I want to understand what you wrote. An orphan has to see God do something before they will have faith in him. God, I'll believe in you if you. Lord, if you just make it thunder, I'll believe that you're real. You throw that fleece out like Gideon. Well, the Lord, I, Lord, I know that you called me to the ministry. But, Father, I need tomorrow at 3 o'clock. I know it's going to be raining, but if you just let the sun shine for 15 minutes and 35 seconds, then I know it's you. <laughs> you throw that fleece out. You know what you're doing? You're challenging God to see if God is real. And God said, I'm real, rather you challenge me or not. Right. <laughs> Somebody said, I'm not an orphan. I'm a son. Okay, I'm a, I got about four more of these and we're done. Y'all ready? All right, I wish I could give you the rest of this, but I can't. So orphans, <laughs> oh, my God, I might need to skip this one. Okay, here we go. Y'all ready? <laughs> Put your seatbelt on. Orphans give to get something from God rather than, 
I got to finish. Hold on. <laughs> An orphan gives to get something from God rather than the love for him. So you give to get something rather than giving because you love him. That's an orphan. Somebody say, he ain't talking about me. Listen, I am not talking about you. I'm just saying, here are some things that orphans do. Right? Amen. Now, if, if you are operating in any, 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 any of these, then, then there's, there's time for repentance. Amen? Orphans live for themselves rather than for others. Oh, check this one out. Orphans are entitled always looking for something to be given to them. They even use grace as an entitlement because they feel they can violate grace and stay saved. Oh, no, I'm entitled now. I said a prayer, but they forget all the scriptures that says if your name was in the book, I can take your name out of the book. Now, that's what God says. He said, I'll blot your name out of the book. If he can blot your name out of the book, it must mean that your name must have been in the book at some point. Oh, man, oh, man. See, we're here to tear down. Root out. Got to do it, guys, because we got to live what the word is teaching us. Orphans talk more about what they do rather than who they are. Orphans. Here's the last one. Orphans. Okay, when orphans go through something, they always ask why. Sons ask what? Oh, see, see, that, that one right there where I had to repent. I said, dang, I've been an orphan right there. Right? Because when I go through stuff, I want to say, God, why in the world am I going through this? Again. Right? And, and Father says, you're acting like an orphan. No, you need to be asking me, what can I learn through this? What can I do while I'm going through it? And then he took me from the what to the who. Then he said, who can I bless while I'm going through? Somebody said that's sonship. Yep, that's sonship. That's when you know you got a relationship with the father. And it's not about why you're going through stuff. I just told you, you're going to go through. All of us are going to go through stuff. The, the question is not why, is, is what? Okay, God, what do you want me to learn while I'm going through this? There's something, something you're trying to show me. And listen, usually, usually, saints, not always, but usually he's trying to show you something that you need to repent of. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah, right?